Any advice or opinions offered on this program are meant as general suggestions, not advice specific to an individual child. Any choices that you make regarding your own child are completely at your own discretion. This episode is brought to you by The Recharged Family. The Recharged Family is a service network that focuses on providing free content and resources for parents and educators so that they can better support the kids in their lives who may be struggling in some capacity. The Recharged Family provides a wide variety of multimedia content with their Exhausted Educators podcast, Parents Recharged podcast, and the Recharged Family YouTube channel. They also help individual families through their service-based Holding On To Learning LLC, where they'll meet with you virtually to answer any school-based or outside agency-based questions, or just to provide families with some guidance on the next steps to help their child. The good news is, if your family can't pay for this service, you don't pay anything. And even if you can afford it, it's only a donation-based service, so you choose the amount that you'd like to donate. To learn more about the Recharged Family Services or to support the Recharged Family mission, go to rechargedfamily.com or follow the Recharged Family on Instagram or Twitter at Recharged Family. Remember, you can do your part too in helping more families and educators get access to the Recharged Family information and resources by subscribing wherever you watch or listen to the Recharged Family content. Isn't it time to get the child in your life back on track with the support that they deserve? You can do that by going to rechargefamily.com. This is a Holding On To Learning LLC production. Hit it! The ideas expressed on this show are not the views of their employer. Besides, if you really want to take advice from this guy, well, you should probably do it at your own risk. You better turn right back around because here comes the short bob dude from the Parents Recharge Show. What is going on, fellow parents? Thank you for popping in to the Parents Recharge Show. In this episode... We're going to dive into the IEP, an Individualized Education Program, or a plan for your individual student. But before I get into all that, I want to tell you that this is part of a series. So within the last couple episodes, I've gone through a couple different topics. First, we started with the tiered supports, gathering information and setting up supports for students who may have some challenges, may have had some struggles in certain areas and going through the process of looking at each individual tier. Then last episode, we talked about 504 plans. Now we're diving into the IEP. The IEP is much more extensive than a 504 in, men, in most cases. The reason? Because it also involves specified instructional practice, whether it be teaching academics or teaching uh, social-emotional skills or teaching behavior skills, whatever it is, it's going to be more extensive. And because of that, the IEP has a lot more pieces to it. And because of that, we're going to split the IEP into two episodes. So the first part is going to be all about just some the general basics of the IEP, what we would call data considerations. I'm going to talk a little bit about the areas of need for your child and then give you some just a couple suggestions and takeaways. The second part is going to dive into developing goals, supports, accommodations, and even get into a little bit of like what's the correct placement for your child. So all of that's going to be spread over two episodes. And again, this is like a four-part series. So we've done tiered supports, 504s, IEPs, 
And these are all four different like informational podcast episodes. A little different than the first episodes we dropped where I also intertwined some stories. These are more like I'm just giving you information. And it all really comes because it's some feedback I got from some parents. So that's why we kind of detoured a little bit from what we did in the first five episodes. So let me start way back at the beginning of what actually an IEP is. If your child is getting an IEP or has an IEP, it's because they have an identified disability. It is not necessarily a bad thing that your child is getting an IEP. Many times, for so many kids, we put an IEP in place and give them the the support that they need individually, and they're able to have success in the classroom. The I in IEP is super important. It is individualized. This is a plan that is tailor-made for your kid. We look at the areas that they do really well in. We look at the areas that they need to improve upon. And then we address the areas they need to improve upon and figure out how we can go about helping them in the classroom. So again, if your child has an IEP, it's because they have an identified disability. They've either gone through maybe tiered support systems to get the identification for disability or Maybe it's from an outside organization that's offered up uh, an evaluation and identified your child with a disability, whether it's ADHD, a learning disability, autism. There's a wide list of disability types that can be suitable for an individualized education plan. So let me start off with what we would call the data considerations part. Now, before I do that, let me preface this by saying the IEP is an important document And from a federal mandate, they give you some specifics on what needs to be in them. However, IEPs look different from state to state. They definitely look different from state to state. They can even look different from, and many many times they do, from a district to a district, even within a state. So keep that in mind. So I'm just going to go through some, some general basics about what you'd find within an IEP. And I'm breaking that into two parts. So the first thing I wanted to tell you about is what we'd call the data considerations. So an important part of the IEP process is that the IEP team collects data in a variety of ways. That can be all kinds of things. Maybe it's the psychologist's evaluation. Maybe it's data from performance in the classroom. Maybe it's behavioral data taken from different situations throughout the school, lunch, recess, whatever. It could even be surveys taken from you at home as a parent or a survey given to the student. The idea is that you're just gathering as much data as you can, good data, so that you can develop the plan accordingly. Of interesting note, it's important to remember that you are an important part of the IEP team. And as your child gets older, closer into middle school, they become maybe the most important part of the IEP team. And you as a parent want to be an advocate for your kid, go to bat for them, and you want your child to become an advocate for themselves, go to bat for themselves. That is actually the end goal. Like if they're they're going to be a student that has an IEP that carries with them through high school, maybe to college, wherever, you want them to be able to be the voice too, the biggest voice in the IEP team. However, you're a part of the team. You are not the only parts of the team. Remember, it's important to listen to what the school has to say. It's important to hear what the teachers have to say. If you want some more information about like meetings in general, like IEP meetings, 
Go back a few episodes because IEP team meetings can be really intimidating for parents. You go in, there can be a lot of people there, whether it be administrators, psychologists, teachers, related service providers. You get into high school, you have kids who have what we call transition services, which we'll dive into a little bit more in the next episode. And then you have outside agencies who help to support that. There can be a lot of people at those meetings. It can be really intimidating. So I actually did a separate episode on that particular topic. So you can check that out. However, I'm telling you this, you are an important part of the the IEP team. Your child is a huge part of the IEP team. But don't forget, the school's also an important part. In order for the IEP to have the most success that it can as a plan that you all set in place, it's for everybody to respectfully be able to share their ideas and create that plan together. If there's too much demand from the school and not enough input from home or vice versa, meaning that there's too much coming from the parents or the student and not enough coming from the school, if it's swung one way or the other, it's not going to be developed in the best possible way. You want input from everybody. And speaking of everybody, let me talk to you a little bit about some other people who give their input as a part of the IEP team. If your child gets any extra services, like we would call them related services, that's a part of the IEP as well. So an occupational therapist or a physical therapist or speech language pathologist, maybe a counselor, if any of those related services, and there's many more, are written within the IEP, those people will probably be at the meeting as well. And they're going to go over their portions of the IEP. You see, the idea of the data considerations is to find and identify the areas of need for your child and the areas of strengths. But when we find the areas of need, then we can address those areas of needs in the IEP. And I say that because maybe, for example, language is an area of need. We can help to address that by having a speech-language pathologist work with your child. And they will have a specific portion of the IEP laid out for your kid and share the instructional ideas of how to best support your child in that particular area. So all of that considerations portion of this IEP is really to identify what your child's doing well and identify what your child needs to work on. I am hoping, really hoping, your IEP team is really diving into what your kid does well because every kid has things they do well. And I will tell you this, as a parent in a meeting of an IEP, it's just always easier if you know that they're finding things that your kid does well. If they're finding things that your child does well, it's always it just kind of seems like you understand that they care about your kid. Because if you're not if you're going into an IEP meeting and all they're doing is telling you the things that your child needs to improve on, that can be hard medicine to take. Because you know what? It doesn't matter whether someone's got an IEP or not. Every person in the world has areas that they need to improve on. But every person in the world has strengths. And when I talk about strengths, it might not always end up being academic strengths. Stuff they do well in math. Or stuff they do well in reading or history. It might be social strengths. I actually had a friend in college who had an IEP and he has ADHD. And he barely got through college, but he had an amazing strength that ended up helping him moving forward in his career. His strength was social skills because he was just easy to talk to. He was an outgoing personality and people just wanted to be around him. 
And he packaged that into being a really good at a job where he needed to use those social skills and makes him exceptionally talented at the job he has. So I bring that up because your child has individual strengths. And sometimes they might not always be just academic strengths. Maybe the behavior strengths. Maybe your child's really gifted at throwing a football. That's a strength, believe it or not, that can be listed in an IEP. Because not all strengths show themselves inside a classroom. So keep that in mind in an IEP meeting when the IEP team is developing the plan you can always add in some extra input on your end about more strengths in many cases they might not even know about and it can still be listed within the IEP because it's important to get a a holistic view of your child not just what they're doing sitting in the classroom all the time. Now, as far as the other major part of the data considerations, we're looking at areas of need, and this is super important. So once we've talked about the strengths of the individual child, we really need to focus on in the IEP, what are the areas that we want them to improve on? You're not going to just list a subject area, history, and set a goal for be better at history. It's much more specific than that. The purpose is to dive deeper not set goals that are like, let's hope they get a B in history. It's specific to a skill. For example, you wouldn't just set a goal for reading. You'd go deeper. Maybe you'd set a goal for reading decoding, which is like working with phonics or reading fluency, the ability to read at an acceptable rate with expressive reading or reading comprehension, where a student can prove that they're understanding what they read, which is the end goal in reading, by the way. So one of the main purposes of the IEP is to establish what the needs are and then figure out as a team how we're going to address them. But a lot of the data you collect is exactly targeted towards finding out the specific areas of need that a child has. So what needs to be worked on? What are the academic goals, specific academic goals? What are maybe some behavior goals? What are the areas that need to be improved? What are the areas that we need to address? And that takes us to the next part. And the next part is how we address those needs. What are specific goals we can set up for your child? And then develop accommodations or supports or an instructional plan on how to help them. Now, I do want to share this with you. This is really important. I probably should have shared this at the beginning. An IEP is a document for an individual with a disability. However, IEPs can look far different from each other, and that is important because they're set for your individual child to meet the needs of your individual kid. So the level of need can go from a basic level of need to a complex to even an intensive level. And I say that because depending on the level of need, the more level of need you have, the more extensive the IEP is going to be. And so that means the more data that will be involved that that needs to be gathered or possibly more goals need to be set or more specialized instructional practices need to be created. Your child has an individualized approach to how we meet their needs. And it's not exactly the same for another kid. There can be components that seem similar, but your child's plan should be different from every other child's plan, and that's the purpose of it. 
Now, I am going to get in the next episode of like some major takeaways for you to help you with IEPs and help you with IEP meetings. But let me share this with you first before we get out of here. It's important to know, again, you're an important part of this team. So if you have information that you think would be helpful for the IEP team that you can share prior to the meeting, you're going to want to share that with them. And I say that because IEPs are so extensive in many cases that a teacher or a case level manager will work on creating the IEP many cases before the meeting because it does take a while. And rightly so. You want to make sure that it's a really good, solid program set up for an individual child. So I say that if you're able to provide more information before the meeting, that's helpful. When I say before the meeting, I don't really mean like one day before. I really mean like a month or three weeks ahead of time because IEPs in general are usually worked on well in advance of the IEP meeting date. So keep that in mind. If you have something that you think would be beneficial to add into the IEP or something that anybody needs to know ahead of time, you're probably going to want to share that with them well in advance. Now, that's not to say that you can't provide input during the meeting. As a matter of fact, you should, because even if they prepare a draft IEP, it can easily be changed and should be changed during the meeting as everybody provides their information to add into it. Don't feel like from your end, they've already created the draft. I just show up, listen, and sign. You want to be able to provide your information about your child or your child wants to provide information about themselves if they're participating too, and then you can make adjustments on the draft as you go through the whole meeting. Hopefully that makes sense to you. It's really important to understand creating an IEP is a pretty extensive process. It takes some time, so if you can provide information ahead of time, whatever you're thinking of, that will be helpful. That will be beneficial to get that to the teacher or whoever might be in charge of creating the plan well in advance. And as you share that with them, please make sure that you're being respectful. Don't tell them that you're demanding this. Just say, here's some things we've been thinking about. Maybe some ideas that we could put into the IEP, the upcoming IEP. We want to let you know about this ahead of time. I'm going to dive into more takeaways and some things that will help you with IEP meetings in the next episode. And in the next episode, we will dive into really the meat of the IEP, the goals and the objectives, and setting up specifics for your child. Thanks so much for listening. Appreciate you out there, parents. Hang in there. I know it's not easy. Hope to talk to you soon. Have a great one. Matter of fact, the only thing I do know is that most of the time I don't know. Dad, you're super cringy. Is your 9 or 10-year-old already starting to fill out their application for Harvard, Yale, or Oxford? Parenting is just flat-out messy sometimes. If you happen to like this stuff from the short bald dude, new episodes drop every other Thursday. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you think he's halfway decent, you can also rate and review. You can also send him some feedback too if you email him at researchcommunity at gmail.com. You can share ideas on future topics or just yell at him for his horrible sense of humor. We do it all the time. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. We'd like to give a shout out to Kevin McLeod for the use of his music. You can check out his information in the show notes below.